0: grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Great to see you here to rejoice in the hearing of God's word. Our text for our meditation this morning is the gospel text from St. Luke chapter 2. When thinking about this uh, particular uh, text today thought about how often it is repeated to parents especially parents to young children that their uh, son or daughter is is one day going to to break some hearts someday someday we're told that they'll they'll grow up and someday they'll meet someone and someday they'll enter and exit relationships and they'll either break some hearts or have their hearts broken themselves and it's a it's a particularly peculiar thing to to say and it's uh, and some that someday your your child will uh, or to hear rather a peculiar thing to hear that one day your, your child will will grow up and, uh, and break into someone else's heart and either leave them feeling loved or loveless or or that will will happen to them and of course this is things that that uh, every parent is um, either trying to deny or trying to prepare themselves for, and while this is a very peculiar thing to say, it's also very prophetic because uh, we know that it's that uh, that someday, which seems so very far off. If you ask any parents of older children, they'll tell you that those some days don't really take that long to show up. Uh, my my children are quite young, and yet. Um, Each and every day I'm reminded about how much closer they are to uh, and how much older they are. And so we're always constantly uh, expecting things around the corner. Well, of course, this is a little bit different for for Jesus, but the application is still relatively the same. For Jesus, his father and his mother, we read or we hear read, his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him about their son. The heartbreak, of course, that Jesus would someday bring was already at hand in his birth. We, are, uh, uh, we have the uh, obvious advantage of knowing the end of the gospel, of what is going to occur and what's going to happen, and all the things that are going to be afflicted upon Jesus. But yet, uh, those things that are seemingly far off, even during this Christmas time, are already close at hand. Simeon, as we encounter him in our gospel text, is a, a, a man righteous and devout, and he's waiting for the people of Israel to be comforted by this Messiah. And the, the Holy Spirit had a, appointed him to bring a peculiar but prophetic news to the Holy Family. Simeon, who holds Jesus in his arms, uh, blessed him and, and said to uh, blessed him and his family, And he says to Mary these words, which are very peculiar and yet prophetic. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. And for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Now how's that for a saying? Someday you're... Now that kid's a heartbreaker. (laughs) Here, Simeon approaches the Holy Family with these maybe somewhat ominous words. Jesus, as a heartbreaker, takes on a new and yet profound meaning. To be one who is a part of the fall and the rising of many. And whose very presence will bring a piercing to the soul of his own mother. Before a child is born, there is such great anticipation. And when they are born, there is such great expectation. Advent is the season in the church year of great anticipation. Great preparation is occurring. It's the season when the church is preparing to once more celebrate the birth of Jesus. Getting ready for his arrival. And listening for what such a great coming of the Lord really means. And Christmas, Christmas is the season of great expectation. Such that even the hymn writer asks... What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? What should we expect from him? What great expectations are bundled up in this Christ child? And we too wonder even to this day what kind of child is Jesus? As a babe, he lay in the arms of his mother and yet someday he will lie in her arms once again at the foot of of his cross. Jesus is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and a point in an opposition to him yet still looms over Christmas. It would seem then that the great anticipation and expectation of Jesus is met with a painful truth. It's met with a painful truth because Mary's own soul would be pierced at the cruelty of the crucifixion of her son. And so also will the world be brought into this same cruelty of the cross. And so it seems now that as we are have anticipated the birth of Jesus and now have the great expectation laid bare before us that we are being confronted with such... A grave reality of the cruelty of the crucifixion—that it is for Mary to witness herself for her son—and the cruelty of the cross in which we will be brought into as well. In Christ's death, our sins are revealed; our wicked hearts are exposed, and because our sins—and because of our sins—we are brought into Jesus' death. And guess what? It's something that we all know. Nobody escapes death. So from Jesus, do we only expect death? Is that what Christmas is all about? Is the birth of Jesus only for heartbreak? Should we like kings and governors who see the arrival of Jesus as a threat to their survival, to our survival then also? Bundled up, in our children is great anticipation and expectation. Children are a package deal. You get them for all the joy and all the sorrow they bring. For all the laughters and all the cries. I didn't cue the example, by the way. For most parents, it's true that they would not trade their children so for a sorrow-free Life We don't want it. We want all the joy for our children. But we would be fools to expect only that. And yet we wouldn't trade it. Who are parents without their children or Mary without Jesus? And an even bigger question is this. Who is God without you? His children. This is how we then see that in the Christmas story, there is absolutely room for the cross because it is necessarily so that we expect what the child is born to do, what the child Jesus has been born to do, to die, that the falling and rising of many may occur. It's because God needs you. And I don't want you to misunderstand that. It's not because without you, God somehow loses, uh, uh, isn't God anymore. Without you or I, God remains God, right? But without God, we are the ones who remain lost to our sins, and are separated from him forever. So what does God seek to do? Well, what any good father would do. Especially our heavenly father. He seeks to redeem us. He needs to redeem us. Since that's only what a faithful father can do. Without you, he's without a precious piece of his creation. And without the father, we are without the precious piece of sonship with the father. And so that we may have sonship with the Father, the Son of God becomes the Son of Man, born to save us from the slavery of sin, from the fall into the rising comfort of the cross. And that's the peculiar and yet prophetic thing about the cross. It's cruelty, yes, but also it's strange and yet welcomed comfort. The law of God condemns, and it condemns us since the Father demands perfections and perfect we are not. We are under the law and must live by the law, but then again, we don't. So St. Paul says concerning the Christmas story, these words. Christ redeemed us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law By becoming a curse for us. Being born into the curse for us. For it is written. Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. And then so goes the song of Simeon. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. Wrapped up here is the Advent anticipation and preparation that lends a hand to the great expectation that Christmas brings for Gentiles and Israel and all the peoples for the falling and rising of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to the people Israel. The birth of Christ Jesus is for the glory of the descendants of Abraham, the people of Israel, and a light for revelation to the Gentile people. Christmas is that unifying story of the Savior coming into the world to make all people the new Israel. And while many people will fall by their unbelief away from Jesus, the angels... The angels sing glad songs of great rejoicing for even a single person, for all people, for those who from all corners of the world are raised up in the Christian faith, whose light has touched their lives and the glory has been brought into their hearts by way of the Christ child being born who saves them in his cross and resurrection when the angels shared this good news of Jesus' birth with the shepherds, those shepherds agreed amongst themselves, and I love the phrasing here, to go over to Bethlehem and see this thing, to see this thing that had happened that the Lord had made known to them. The same joy, the same expectation of the shepherds is the same one in which we read, about Simeon. Simeon likewise is overjoyed at the sight of Jesus. In his own hands does Simeon hold Jesus. With his own eyes does he peer into the face of salvation. What child is this? It is the salvation child. The redeeming child the Savior prepared for the presence of all people, for all people, for the fall and rising of many. In St. Luke's account of of Christmas, we are given to see Jesus through the lens of peace. It's written all over it, the peace that brings together all people. In the first chapters of his gospel, peace is the word that is used by the angels and in the prophecies uh, to Zechariah and Simeon. And the use of peace is, uh, the word peace is is yet another episode in that peculiar and yet prophetic ways of, of, of God. The birth of Jesus will also, in a handful of years, see his sorrowful death. And his birth will make kings and governors fear him. But Christ's birth has ultimately brought peace on earth. That the Christmas message is one of peace. What child is this? What child is this? It's the child who is the Prince of Peace. Our Savior. Children are a package deal. Jesus brings, even from the cruelty of the cross, ultimately his peace for you. The forgiveness of sins for you. That is why he is born for you. From our gospel today, these words, "It had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ." I love this text because it is so peculiar. He would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Many of us would shake in our boots to a, a promise like that. That once we would see something or something would be revealed to us, then, then our mortal clock would start ticking. Then death would be imminent. What a peculiar word from the spirit. But what is further unexpected is his reaction as he cradled Jesus in his own arms. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Simeon doesn't appeal to God for more time. He isn't weighed down that death may now come at any moment. Instead, the enemy of death is conquered by the Lord's Christ, by this child that he sees and holds in his own hands. Death death is conquered by the peace of the Lord's Christ. The greatest prophecy here to this peculiar turn of events is that Simeon isn't the the sole beneficiary and heir to the departing peace of Christ. You and the whole household of faith are as well. You and the whole household of faith who approach this altar and the fellowship of this church who believe in the promise that in the sacrament Christ is truly given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, as Jesus says himself, to you is given the fullness of God's peace. In our own hands, we hold the very flesh and blood of Jesus in the bread and wine. We hold the very gift that is the light For revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. Which is the forgiveness of our sins. Brought by the Christ child. Our very departing peace. We hold in our hands. And we take eat. And we take drink of that peace. That forgiveness of sins. The fullness of the song of Simeon. The blessing of Simeon the departing peace of Simeon. That, our Savior, that in our Savior we have our falling and our rising. The falling is the death to our sin. And the rising is the resurrection that we receive from the same Christ child who is risen from the dead as he goes to the cross and has there nailed your sins. And that someday, someday we too may greet our departure not with the worry of kings and governors who fear Jesus, but with the same departing peace of Simeon. For our salvation and our hope is in the risen Christ. So until that day, until the day our our Lord calls us into that departing peace, until then, let us celebrate Christmas with that great expectation in our hearts that as you today depart in the peace that your sins are forgiven, that your heartbreak has been turned to joy, that you may know who this child Jesus is. He is the light for revelation. He is your glory. He is your Prince of Peace. He is your Savior and Redeemer. Amen.